his followers. He doesn't curse Nazareth. He cures who he can, and perhaps sighs and moves on. There's still work to be done. And thankfully, the bad news is not the end of the story here. The bad news and the good news go together like they do so often in our own lives. Next, we come to this story of success, this story of the mission of Jesus and the good news of salvation spreading out even further than before. Jesus gathers up the twelve and he pairs them up and sends them to go preach and heal and spread the word that the kingdom of God is at hand. And they are successful. We read that they heal sick, they cast out demons, and they preach repentance in the name of Jesus. It is a success story of good news. But there's some interesting things I want us to think about as Jesus prepares these disciples to go out on their journey. First, he says, pack light. Only take a staff, the clothes on your back, the sandals on your feet. Not even an extra tunic, which makes me wonder what happens when you have to wash the first tunic. I don't want to know. Jesus says, go out and do the things that only I have been able to do up until now. Cast out demons, heal the sick, preach repentance. I wonder what that must have felt like for those disciples to be given this charge and sent out with next to nothing. When Garrett and I first visited Fort Street on the tour, one of the most interesting things that we saw and noticed was this collection of trophies and Boy Scout Troop number two. Fort Street has hosted this Boy Scout Troop, I think since 1910. Some of you historians might be able to correct me, but this was one of the very first troops in this part of the country, and Fort Street opened its doors to them. There are wonderful pictures of these boys and their leaders and these trophies of these troops from over the years. If you've been involved in scouting at all, Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts, you will know the motto. Is anybody familiar with this motto? Be prepared. Exactly. Be prepared. That is the motto of scouting. And it was coined by the founder of scouting, a man named Robert Van Powell. And he said, to be prepared means we're always in a state of readiness in mind and body to do your duty. So in scouting, we teach young people how to be prepared by Teaching them camping and teaching them things like how to build a fire or how to have the right gear and set up a tent and what to do if someone gets hurt or if a bear comes. We teach them how to be prepared for anything and everything. As a culture, we highly emphasize preparedness. It is a good thing to be prepared, but I think often we twist it a little bit. We focus on the wrong things when it comes to preparing. And perhaps sometimes we hide behind preparation. We tend to think that preparation has to do with having. Having the right knowledge, having the right stuff, having the right position. 
Jesus sends out the twelve without the right training. They haven't been following him for very long. In Mark's version, they just became disciples in chapter 3. And here we are at the very beginning of chapter 6. They only even witnessed a few things and heard a few stories. And suddenly they're sent out to go do some of the same stuff that Jesus has been doing. Cast out demons, heal the sick, proclaim repentance. Think about the years of training it takes to become a doctor our world today. You have to get a science degree in college, and then you have to take the MCAT, and you have to go to med school, and you have to do a residency, and maybe a fellowship, and you have to take your boards, and X, Y, and Z, and years and years and years, and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars later, then you can care for someone. And I'm glad for that, trust me. But here we see the disciples sent out to do healing work without any formal They're also sent into the world without the right stuff. They have next to nothing with them. They don't even have the means and some kind of money to get things that they might need later on. That causes me so much anxiety. Despite the bag that I showed you earlier that didn't have any of the right stuff with it, I generally am an overpacker and prepared for anything. I'm the kind of person who on a three-day trip will take 11 books just in case I finish them all. I'm the kind of person who at home wears the same three or four outfits regularly, but for a three-day trip, pack 27 things just in case I'm inspired to wear something new. If I go to Arizona in the summertime, you never know, you might need a big coat. I'm always prepared and packed with things. These twelve are sent without any of the right stuff. They're also sent out without an agenda. Their only instructions are to proclaim repentance, to heal, to cast out demons. There's no itinerary. There are no set up reservations. They're not even clear on exactly where they're going or how long to be there. On paper, these disciples are not at all they're not ready to go. They don't have the right training or stuff or schedules or positions. I can imagine it being incredibly stressful. As part of the ordination process in our denomination, pastors are required to spend some time in a hospital chaplaincy program. I did my hospital chaplaincy at Mount Sinai Hospital in Manhattan, and I felt completely unprepared when I started. Part of the nature of these programs is that you learn with the cohort as you go, but on day one, we did a few introductions, and then they sent me out to go do rounds and be a chaplain. I was completely terrified. I had no idea what that even meant. I found out pretty quickly one thing not to do. I went to do rounds in ER, and I walked into a room where a man was waiting for medical care, and I said, hi, I'm Sarah, I'm from the chaplain's office. And he turned completely white, and he said, did they send you because I'm dying? <laughs> and I said, I am so sorry, I know nothing about your medical situation, I'm just here doing rounds, I'm here to talk to 
to you and to pray for you and to be with you. So I learned what not to do, but I really didn't know what to do, how to be a chaplain. Pastor Nadia Boltzweller had a very similar experience in her chaplaincy, and she tells this beautiful story of being there in her first weekend, being called to a room in the emergency room when there was a man being worked on who was unresponsive and she stood against the wall as doctors and nurses and techs worked to save this man's life. And at one sort of lull, she pulled aside this nurse and said, now, you all have jobs here. You know exactly what your role is, but what am I supposed to be doing? I'm the chaplain. I don't feel like I really have a job. And this nurse said, yes, you do. Your job is to pay attention for the presence of God and to be in tune with it. Just to know where God is, to attend to that presence, and to be here with this man and with all of us. What a beautiful job. Feeling prepared often means that we're just trying to eliminate in the process, we can get sidetracked and focus on the wrong things. When Pastor Garrett and I meet with couples for premarital counseling, we encourage them to spend as much time preparing for their marriage as they do for the wedding ceremony. We often think that our training, our preparedness, makes us better than other people. Sometimes we think that our stuff will save us. Sometimes we become territorial and we don't think we need help from other people. Turns out that preparing for engaging in the kingdom of God is less about having and more about being. Being attentive to the presence of God all around us. None of us are ever ready or worthy to follow God fully. But we're called to go anyway, and we are called to notice the presence of God and to attend to it as we do. These disciples in the story aren't prepared, but it is a success. And that doesn't mean that it is always rosy and wonderful and going well. Jesus prepares them honestly and says, there will be places you go where you are not welcomed. When that happens, take a breath, brush the dust off of your feet. Jesus models himself this very thing as he comes off of this rejection in his hometown. Take a breath, brush it off, and continue to do the work that you have been sent to do. And the beauty of this mission is that they are sent with others. They're never alone in this process. Sent two by two and then gathering up later to be in within the kingdom of God has to do with being attentive to God's presence as God shows us the way. And friends, it's a journey that we are on together. Would you pray for me? God of grace, thank you for showing us the way. 
In times that we don't feel ready or prepared, God, remind us that you do the work and you are with us. Prepare us in heart just as much as we try to prepare ourselves in mind and in body. And let us be your people of hope. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.